Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, you've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome to episode number 531 of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I am living dangerously this week, and I invite you to live dangerously with me. How is that, you might ask? Well, I am flying forward with this episode recording without any outline whatsoever. In fact, I'm not even sure what I'm going to say in this podcast episode. All I know is that I've had a story that has been going through my mind as it relates to this idea of living simply or having a minimalist lifestyle mindset and how... I used to see that as an extremely appealing story and 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 a and a story that or an illustration that seemed to be something to say, you know what, don't let things get too complicated. Live simply and and mind your own business and do these things. And and I think it's had a pretty profound impact on me. And I believe it's had mostly a positive impact on my life. But I'm beginning to question the overall moral of the story. Now, what story am I referring to? It's the story or the fable of the Mexican fisherman. And by the way, it's also the fable of the Brazilian fisherman. There's a lot of different versions and variations of this story that have gone out there. In fact, I made the assumption the other day that everyone's heard this story, but I shared it with uh, some folks in a mastermind group, and they're like, no, I've never heard that story. And I'm like, really? You never heard this story? And they said, no, we've never heard that story. So, I'm going to share the story with you in the event that maybe you have not heard of the Mexican or Brazilian fisherman, depending on which version of the story. I first heard this story about 10 years ago when I read the book, The Four-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris the first time. However, um, when I first read this story from that book, I just remember saying, oh, wow, now this is why I want to be able, I want to get to the place where I can live like the Mexican fisherman, and I do not want to be like the American businessman, okay? So let me read the story to you. This is I'm reading the version directly from the four-hour work week, and here's what Timothy Ferris said as his telling of this story. It says, an American businessman took a vacation to a small coastal Mexican village on doctor's orders. Unable to sleep after an urgent phone call from the office the first morning, he walked out to the pier to clear his head. A small boat with just one fisherman had docked, and inside the boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish. How long did it take you to catch them? The American asked. Only a little while, the Mexican replied in surprisingly good English. Why don't you just stay out longer and catch more fish, the American asked. I have enough to support my family and give a few to friends, the Mexican said as he unloaded them in a basket. But 
what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican looked up and smiled. He said, I sleep late. I fish a little. I play with my children, take an afternoon siesta with my wife, Julia, and I stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine, play the guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. The American laughed and stood tall. Sir, I am a Harvard MBA and can help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds buy a bigger boat. In no time, you could buy several boats. And with the increased haul, eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats. He continued, Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you could sell directly to consumers, eventually owning your own cannery. You can control the product, the processing, and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village, of course, and move to Mexico City, then to Los Angeles, and eventually New York City, where you could run your expanding enterprise with proper management. The Mexican fisherman asked, but senor... How long will all of this take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years, 25 tops. But what then, senor? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time's right, you would announce your IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions, senor? Then what? Well, then you would retire and move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, and stroll into the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play guitar with your amigos. End of story. Okay. So, obviously, the moral of the story is you could do business the Harvard MBA way, which is... You know, build your your empire up so large and you're in charge of so many different things to where eventually, because of all the stress that you're under, you're obviously going to be under doctor's orders to go take a vacation to Mexico and unplug for a while. And you're obviously going to be so stressed and unable to sleep because of an urgent phone call while you're on vacation because your business can't operate without you blah 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 and and you know that that's what that's the Harvard MBA way is you've got so many balls in the air and it's so complicated and it's so why can't you just live life simply and be like the Mexican fisherman who sleeps in late goes out and catches a few fish for his he's got enough for himself and he has a couple for some friends. He goes home, plays with the kids, has an afternoon siesta, strolls into the town late at night or later in the evening, plays guitar with his amigos. I mean I mean which life would you prefer? And the moral of the story is that, well, I would obviously prefer not to build this big, huge conglomerate business, and I'd rather have the lifestyle now of the Mexican fisherman. Now, that is the moral of the story for, I think, Tim Ferriss is he's like, listen, you could have the traditional MBA lifestyle of owning and operating this business with, you know, this, you know, offices here, offices there with all these employees and the corporate structure and blah, 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 or Hey, there's this new rising business model in the world where which is location independent that you could actually operate your business 
anywhere in the world. And by the way, I happen to have one of those businesses and partly as a result of the inspiration of this book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I I definitely was in, inspired by not only The 4-Hour Workweek and Tim Ferriss and his book, but also by several other location independent business owners that were some of the earliest podcasts that I listened to. They had podcasts that promoted this lifestyle. And I remember my friend Jason Van Orden podcasting his weekly show from, I think it was Argentina at one point where he lived in Argentina. And then he lived in all different places throughout the world. And I'm like, man, that how incredibly cool is that? And he has this incredible online business. And I love the idea that he has a little bit more of this lifestyle where he can, throughout the day, go and do things with his wife, work a couple hours here and there, more than four hours, I might add, per week. Uh, but even Tim Ferriss, in interviews that he's done over the years, he would t- he, he can tell you the story of the title and how that came about and the fact that he's never really promoted that, that you're going to work only four hours a week, although it could be potentially be possible. The reality is, is that the idea here wasn't that you could actually work a four-hour work week, but it was more uh, this idea of this location-independent lifestyle and having a bit a business that allows you to operate and run it from wherever in the world and the fact that you could actually uh, create processes and, and things of that nature that allows other people to do some work for you and you can just check in and oversee and manage things. And, and I certainly was inspired by that and I have a business that is largely based on that mindset, which is incredibly awesome. But more and more, I hear people talking about this minimalist lifestyle and and some friends of, that I absolutely love and admire and and stuff like that have, have really gone, one friend in particular has really gone down the road of minimalism and 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 keeping things simple. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and just the way that I hear it communicated and, and also some of the, the results that I've seen from it financially for this individual, I'm like, you know, I, that, that's just not as appealing to me as it may sound. And when I think about my daily affirmations, which, I, which I've talked about a bit here over the last several months in this podcast, I have these daily affirmations and a couple episodes back, I shared with you that one of them is that money can be beneficial to everyone if I allow it to flow through me. And then just a couple weeks ago, we had Christmas 2017. Uh, It's currently January 18th, 2018 when I'm recording this. So it it was about a month ago, four weeks ago, I was watching It's a Wonderful Life with my family. Thank you, Chris Pavone, by the way, for reminding me uh, that, 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 that is a, a holiday classic and one I was glad to go back to. And I did. And I, in fact, my kids had never seen the movie before and Stephanie hadn't seen it in years. And so we introduced It's a Wonderful Life to my kids. And the story, I'm sure most of you have seen It's a Wonderful Life. If not, I highly encourage you watch this movie, but it's a story about George Bailey who had this dream of traveling the world and and going out and living a, a life of adventure. And he wanted to get out of his hometown because he wanted a location-independent lifestyle, right? Uh, he wanted to go out and, and see the world, but he got stuck in Bedford Falls, uh, 
running a business and all of the quote-unquote hassles and stress that goes along with running a business and all the financial, you know, uh, well, strain and, and everything like that. It's it just the long hours. It, it certainly weared on him and it just seemed like one thing after another. He could never escape this, even though the ideas, the the plans were in place for him to be able to leave that business behind and and go out and finally see his dream of of, of seeing the world and and stuff like that. But he he got stuck behind and and he ended up devoting his life to uh, what was it Bedford Savings and Loan or Building and Loan or whatever. So the reality is is that he never felt like he was living the life of his dreams. And one some terrible circumstances had happened and and one day he contemplated taking his life and he said I you know it'd probably be better off if I never lived. And the whole story of this of of this movie, after you get the very long backstory of what his life was really like, how he how what his childhood was like, and in his plans and his ambitions, and then how it actually turned his adult life turned out, and and what he's done with his business and the way that he's helped people in spite of the greedy businessmen in the world, uh, in in the town, uh, good old Mister Potter, uh, but. Anyway, the, it's it's an incredible story. But then, after asking, you know, man, it, it'd probably be better if I was never born at all. What shocked me was going back, and even though I've seen this movie so many times, and I've seen it several times since reading the Four Hour Work Week and the Mexican Fisherman story, but this time it stood out to me in a completely different way. And in the movie, uh, it's a wonderful life. George Bailey is given an opportunity to see what his town and the people in it, the the his customers of his business, what their lives would be like had he never existed, had he never been born at all, had when you know his father passed, had he not taken over the business, the building and loan, um, just how different people's lives would be. And there was, there's certainly, I mean, if you see the movie, there, there are people whose lives were radically, profoundly, positively impacted by the work and business of George Bailey and the life that he lived, the way that he served and helped others. His business was such an incredible uh, gift to his entire town. Now, obviously, It's a Wonderful Life is set so many years ago. They did not have the internet and and things of that nature, but uh, so it was very much a geographically based area of impact. But when we think about, if I think about my business today, and I think about all of the years that I've put into building my own online business, I've been, like I said, I'm over 10 years into this now, being full-time self-employed. And I think back of the earliest years of my business and how many hours I poured in. I mean, a ridiculous amount of hours. Now, I will tell you, there were certainly uh, things that I, mistakes that I made back then that I could have avoided. There are things that I know today that would have kept me from making uh, physically uh, damaging 
uh, decisions in my life, meaning that at the end of my first year in business, I ended up in the hospital for two weeks, almost died there. I've told that story several times. If you're new to the show, I'm sure you'll hear the story again in the future. So don't worry. You'll, you'll get it later if you haven't, if you haven't caught it in the archives, but Yeah, I I worked way too much in my first year of business. And my second year of business wasn't all that much better, although it was better. And slowly things progressed until finally I I joined a mastermind group, which changed my life forever and and radically put me on a path to greater success financially and greater margin in my life and and so many other areas of growth. and, And yeah, but the reality is, is that I remember all of those hours and all the people that I've served over the years and all the stuff that I've done. And quite frankly, I could have left, I, I could have, the, the, okay, the last 10 years of my life could have been a lot different. I did not have to leave my cushy office job in the insurance agency that I was a part of. See, I had, before starting my own business, I had worked for 12 years in my mom and dad's insurance agency. They owned the insurance agency. Uh, they took my, my dad took it over from my grandfather who started it back in 1930, in the 1930s. And I was next in line to take over. I was paid extremely well. Uh, and, and financially, it helped my wife and I get out of tons of debt and we became 100% debt-free except for our mortgage back in 2007. And and from that point forward, the financial projection of me staying in that business, it, in that cushy job, which quite honestly was very easy, uh, wasn't always uh, thrilling, it wasn't always fun. Uh, working in a family-run business comes with some drawbacks, uh, and and you know sometimes we put the fun and dysfunctional uh, in our in our family work environment back in the day. And and there were times when it was stressful, but the reality is, is when it came down to it, I had a pretty cushy job, and it was pretty easy for me me to make lots and lots of money. But I chose instead a much di- more difficult path, a path of actually making a major shift in my mindset from the mindset of an employee to the mindset of a business owner, and. Uh, creating products and services and trying things, figuring things out. How does this work? How do I serve people? How do I, you know, what, what do I do at what price and how do I help people? What's, how do I get more people to know about the, what I offer so that I can consistently see income coming in? You know, the, I mean, I, I went, I risked everything to, to pursue this new venture and, I, I could have, I, I, if I really believed in the minimalist thing, it's like, listen, dude, I already, I, in the insurance world, it, you know, when I left my career in insurance, I could have, quote unquote, slept in late, showed up at the office right before I needed to be there. I could have put my hours in and stayed, if I could have just kept myself from being distracted from this hobby that I was doing on the side, which was my podcasting efforts. But if I could keep myself from being distracted and just when I was at the office, once I'm there, just focus on the work that I was there to do and and just check out at the end of the day, I, I could have easily gone and had lunch, an hour-long lunch with my wife. I could have easily taken a, a, a break in the middle of my day and, and gone and seen my kids at school or something like that if they had something going on. I, I had that flexibility working for my parents and 
stuff like that because i mean are they really going to keep me their son from going and seeing and being a part of the exciting things that their grandchildren have going on in their lives no they're not going to keep me from doing that so i had the cushiest job in the world but i chose to go and do something risky i chose to do this other thing that i i chose to go and build a business instead of just sitting there with my small boat and going in each day and collecting my yellowfish tuna and which is a, aka my paycheck that provides for me and my family and maybe helps a little bit you know I've got a little extra um instead I pursued something bigger in a way creating and starting my own business was me going out and buying a bigger boat so that I could catch more fish and sell it at a at a profit. And then once I made enough profit from that, if you can imagine me investing in other areas of my business, buying some new software here and there, some new computer hardware here and there and, and stuff like that. If you think about it, then all of a sudden that that's kind of like me buying those big, you know, additional large boats. And well, with other equipment and other software and all this other tools and services available with me, well, now I could try to catch all the fish and all the boats on myself, although that's not physically possible. So what do I need to do? I need to hire other people. Uh, I actually ended up having to hire a CPA who handles my taxes and stuff for me. I Because I had my own business, I had, I, I know this, some people will argue, but no, I, I honestly, I had to hire somebody to do my lawn care, somebody else who could mow my grass for me because it, it became very clear. I, I could go out there and spend, you know, two hours a week cutting my own grass or I could pay somebody else, you know, 40 bucks uh, to cut my grass and I could be doing things that are making $300 during, or actually $600 during those same two hours. It makes a whole lot of sense for me to go ahead and hire somebody else to do something at, that they would be willing to do at a much lower cost for me to be able to be more profitable. And as a result of that, I now have a CPA that's been paid on a, a monthly basis to handle certain things for me, payroll and all this other stuff. Um, not to mention his employees who have been benefited and then you think about the the lawn care and, and just the guy who owns his own lawn care business who mows the grass, he actually has a team of people who work for him. The guy who owns the lawn care, he originally was mowing my lawn, but then he hired other people to to mow my lawn for him at a and, and he gets the same rate from me, but they actually are 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 paid less but they still don't they don't have the risk and all the other things related to the business and so they they get a steady income and i think about you know the guy who owns the lawn care company and the fact that he and his family as a result of me hiring them are benefited his employees that actually are running the lawnmowers over my lawn and the weed eaters and stuff like that they are they are they're getting that business or their their families are partially taken care of as a result of the fees that i pay and then I think about my own virtual assistant, Andrea, somebody who has been working for me for eight years in my business. As a virtual assistant, Andrea has been by my side. She's processed practically every single equipment order I've ever sold. For years, I've not touched a single order in my business. So those orders come in from my website. Andrea receives the order. She contacts the client, confirms it's you know everything is good. Get, confirms the shipping address. She s- sends the 
uh, order over to my supplier. She then the next day checks on the tracking number, submits the tracking information to my client. She she handles it all. And I here I make a, a very nice, significant profit on the package that I sell. And Andrea charges me about 18 or 20 bucks an hour. I don't remember what I'm char- pay- being paid. But every month for the last eight years, Andrea sends me an invoice. And because of that, I've been able to contribute to Andrea. And, you know, so Andrea's family is is partially cared for as a result of the work that's been done in my business. And then I think of my friend Jenny Hampson and the number of people that she's been able to uh, do podcast artwork for. And I think about my friend Jody Smith, who has done so many different consulting gigs. My, my friend Daryl Darnell that I've sent so many consulting clients to for referral basis. And website stuff with Anthony Tran. And I think about all the other businesses that are directly impacted in in a positive way financially as a result of this business that I've created for myself. And when I sit back and I think about it, it is not an exaggeration to say, I mean, there are so many other contracted workers that I've worked with over the years, some on an ongoing basis, some just one-off, but for very high fees and uh, for for very, very important projects. But I mean, if I, it's it's not an exaggeration to say that as a result of the last 10 years of me operating my business, there have been a minimum, a minimum of 100 people directly who have been paid in a significant way where had I never hired them, it would be a significant amount of income that they would have missed out on over the past 10 years. And, and to think about that. So the fact that I didn't stay in my day job as an insurance agent, I've actually created significant wealth and income for a large number of people. And, and to say that it's a minimum of 100, it's probably well in excess of that. And as a result of actually having a business that's been profitable for me and that has helped me get to the place where I am able to well pay others for the work that they do, which makes them more profitable in their own businesses, as a result of that, think about all the people that they then are able to go and help. So I know that this story is being told in a way that it just seems like you want to avoid this whole American MBA go out and create a business. You're better off being like the small Mexican fisherman. See, that that's really, when this story is being told, and I've heard the story told a number of times since I first initially heard it, the, the way the story is told, it's almost as though you want to avoid going out and creating a business. Instead, why don't you just go out, do enough work, Take care of your own needs. Maybe maybe you have just a little bit over to help some other friends and and go and sleep in late. Uh, play with your kids and 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 take siestas with your wife and um, go you know go into town at night and sip on wine and play the guitar with your amigos. All right, so that that sounds like it, it. Let's just do that instead of going out and creating a business. Now, what I want to tell you is that if you're going to go out and create a business, it is possible for you one day to get to the place where, guess what? Yes, after a, after several years, you could get to the place where uh, you can sleep in a little later. 
you can have the freedom and flexibility of, of playing with your kids whenever you want to. You can take siestas with your wife and you can go into town and stroll around and hang out with your friends and, and, and do those things. And I just, I just got to tell you, in the earliest days of my business, the thought of actually me ever being able to do that, it just seemed like I couldn't see the light at the end of that tunnel. Not at all in the first two or three years of my business. But um, I was working hard building this thing and it was worth it. It wasn't easy. Now, the thing is, I I know for a fact I could have shortcutted things. I, there are things that I know today that, boy, would have would have <laughs> would have got me to where I am today, probably about five years sooner. But I, I, just to give you an idea of where I am today, I you guys, if if you've been following over the last couple months, you know that back in September I made a radical decision to stop offering podcasting A to Z which was one stream of income in my business, which was the majority, an overwhelming majority of income in my business. And I completely, 100% shut it off. It was the same financial type of decision of leaving my very well-paid job as an insurance agent and going out and saying, okay, now I'm gonna create a brand new business. How do I make, how do I replace this income that I had as an insurance agent, how do I replace it with my now full-time job as a self-employed business owner? Same kind of decision. The only thing is, is because I wasn't starting over with the employee mindset. I had already transitioned into the mindset of a profitable business owner. And because of my mass, because of my mindset today, when I shut off that massive, gigantic stream of income, I was able to immediately turn around and replace it with things that required a whole lot less of my time. In fact, I replaced that income with one stream of income that only requires me to work, get this, three to four hours a week. And yes, I, I, if you if you want to know more about it, I encourage you to connect with me sometime and talk about the Next Level Mastermind. But that's just one stream of income that I have right now that has replaced podcasting A to Z and income and it podcasting A to Z took me nine months out of the year to actually generate all the income which now is being generated in between three to four hours a week within uh, the next level mastermind and it's all happens on one day which is on Wednesday I host two different groups of the next level mastermind one's the morning group one's the uh, evening group happens on Wednesday, and so quite frankly, in my business, if I'm not doing something else other than that, which is a primary source of income for me that's replaced podcasting A to Z, quite frankly, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I really don't have to do anything. Now, do I choose to do other things? Absolutely, but I am in a place where just recently, for example, my kids were off school on Friday for a snow day, uh, then they had the the weekend was already planned that we had some things going on and the kids were off school on Monday. I think it was yeah. I th- actually it was another snow day, and I took those days off. I took Friday off. I didn't work Saturday and Sunday uh, to to make up for the Friday I took off. And then when the kids were off school on Monday, I took Monday off. And I just took a four day weekend without any planning ahead of time and I had the freedom and the flexibility to do that and and it was during that time I started thinking about the fact that wow am I now living the life of the Mexican fisherman I am but 
it's only because I actually first took the the MBA Amer you know the, the American MBA route first. Now I didn't necessarily go out and build a big you know get a bunch of facilities and a bunch of things that I had to manage and a bunch of employees. I've, I've got friends of mine who have businesses with major uh, teams and and employees and stuff like that. I still haven't yet had the desire to manage that type of business yet. I imagine that at some point in the future, it's likely to happen, which is a major mindset shift from years before. I used to want to avoid it. And I used to want to avoid it for the reason of this story, the fable of this story. Why? It's like, if I could, if I could live a life where I'm enjoying life without building all of that, without hiring all of those employees, without having all of that additional overhead, I mean, what's, what's the point? But then I think about the fact that, wow, if I'm able to do those things and if I can do it in such a way that doesn't actually cause me to, to make decisions that where the doctor is going to have to order me to go and take a break and, and if I can do it in a way that doesn't cause me to lose sleep, is there a way that I could build and grow beyond my own short little you know solopreneur business? Is there a way that one day I could actually own multiple companies with many employees in each companies where all I do is bring visionary concepts, uh, oversight, but other people are doing the day-to-day operations. And I know the answer to that question is yes. And the reason I know that the answer to that question is yes is because I have friends who have done it. Friends who are uh, decamillionaires, people who have hundreds of millions of dollars. I've got friends who are who are very, extremely wealthy. Um, And they got that as a result of building something more along the lines of what's being talked about here is that you could buy this and grow this. You've got hundreds of employees, which then you can leverage in this way and then you can leverage this way. And then one day you could maybe IPO or sell and exit your business. And I I used to really think about that and I'm like, that's just not what I want. And now I'm at the place where it's still not what I want right now, but it's not necessarily something I'm I'm avoiding either. It's not something that I'm I'm going to try to avoid in the future. I'm just saying that hey, if the opportunity and and the right circumstances happen down the road where it makes sense for me to build a team of employees and then create processes and systems and hire people in certain positions with very specific job duties and tasks and stuff like that. If you read the book called um, E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't read that book, it's probably one you've heard about before and uh, it, it's a very good book to read. It's called, again, it's called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. Good, good book that talks about how you can build a business with an exit plan that, that allows you to either sell it and, and benefit from the profit from it, or you could actually have it, own it, and have it operated by other people, and you just bring in the profit from all the work that they've done. But again, there's a lot of investment in the in the earlier years for you to be able to build it up like that. But the thing here is, it's like, well, the, well, how the Mexican fisherman says, but senor, how long will this take? And the American says about 15 to 20 years, 25 tops. Now, 
the idea he says well but what then and he goes well that's the best part that's when you could announce your ipo or sell your company or whatever and you'll become very rich now the thing is, is you can become very rich and very wealthy earlier than the 15 to 20 years you don't have to wait until then you can build your you can build your business with profit in mind first and and i think that is an important thing to consider if you're going to go that route and you're going to build this big thing, build it with profit in mind. Profit not just for you, but also profit uh, and and positive impact financially and just all all around. Prosperity for all involved. The, cl- the clients and customers that buy your products and services, the employees that work for you and their families, um, giving them plenty of time and margin in their life. You can build a business in a way that makes sense. It doesn't all have to be something that is stress-inducing all of the time. All of the time, you can have relationships in your life that help you manage some of those things. And you can there are techniques and skills that you can have to manage those things. Where you could have, uh, you could own five businesses and have uh, a total of two hundred employees around the world, and you could have margin. And freedom in your life. That's not to say you'll be forever stress free, but the, the hopefully by that time you'll and as you're going and growing, you learn how to manage the stress and you in a healthy way, and you have that margin and you you have boundaries in your life. It's it's possible. But here's here's the thing. I, I think about this Mexican fisherman story. Going back to it. And he's like, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? You know, why, why, do, you, why do you only have a few fish? He goes, well, you know what? I, only, I, I have enough for me and takes care of my family. And, and I spend, you know, I, I, I have some for my friends. And I get to spend time. I sleep in. Now, what you don't hear in this story is that this Mexican fisherman has a lot of money put away. You know, it, it's certainly not implied that the Mexican fisherman has had a business that has allowed him to become financially independent or financially wealthy and that he's you know financially well taken care of that is not implied in in the story in fact it's implied that this mexican fisherman uh has ha- has no business experience right so my question is okay so the mexican fisherman he wakes up every day a little bit later than everyone else he goes out and fishes for a little while and sure he has some yellowfin tuna and sure, potentially, if there are some other needs in his family, I, I would imagine maybe he could trade some of that tuna for some other things. So, you know, I'm sure capitalism would work in that scenario for him potentially. And so maybe he could sell some of it. But but the reality is, is that is, you know, sleeping late and spending all of your time playing with your kids and, and spending, you know, vast amounts of your time um taking siestas with your wife and spending massive amount of times in town sipping wine and playing guitar with your amigos if you haven't yet financially built for yourself some freedom some margin in your life then what happens if your kids get sick you know who takes care of them who who pays for the surgery that your your child might need or your wife might need um who who what what about the if you think about not just that, but what about the people who would have made the boats? So maybe maybe his friends are very happy that that he went out that morning and brought in a couple, like two or three extra yellowfin tunas, right? And so uh, they're super stoked about that. But what if, just what if he said, you know what? 
I think I will build a bigger boat. I, I do want to build a bigger boat so I can stay out longer and bring back more fish and sell them at a profit. And what if he came home and told his friends, you know, the ones where he was playing the guitar and, you know, at night sipping wine with his friends and he told them about this idea and they, and one of his friends says, you know what, how about I build that boat for you? And he's like, well, do you have any experience in building boats? Well, yeah, you know, I, you know, I helped build the boat that we've got and stuff like that. I, you know, I, fi- I can figure this thing out. So what if this Mexican fisher, fisherman, talks to his friend, his friend decides to build his bigger boat that he wants for his business, to grow his business. Then all of a sudden, um, he he's building that boat and some of his other friends say, well, what are you doing? And it's like, well, I'm building this boat. He goes, wow, how much is that? Can you build me one? And then the next thing you know, now as a result of the Mexican fiction, fisherman expanding his mind and his business about what he could do, that's going to be bring in a little extra profit for him and his family and help him to put some financial margin into his life, having some money for savings, maybe some money to invest. Then all of a sudden, as a result of that, now his his friend, his amigo in town is getting up a little earlier in the morning and building boats, and he's making and selling those at a profit. And because now he's building boats, he needs certain resources. Uh, he needs wood, for example. And so what if all of a sudden it's like uh, one of the other amigos says, you know what? It looks like you're going to need uh, you're going to need wood. Where are you getting your wood? Because oh, I get this wood all the way over here and and uh, it you know it takes forever to source it. He goes, well, what if I could actually provide you with that wood at, at this price? He goes, oh, you'd be willing to do that? Yeah, I could go and get that and negotiate the prices and I could deliver it to you and that way you could spend all your time building your boats. And next thing you know, now that amigo has a business of actually um, delivering and making available the resource of this wood, not just to his boat making business, but to the construction company and the houses that are being built in the area. And now he has a profitable lumber company. And you go on and on. And so it's not just this Mexican fisherman. Sure, he might get up earlier in the morning. And sure, he may not be there to play with his kids every day. But that doesn't mean he doesn't ever get to play with his kids. Which, by the way, is a weird thing about this story is, you know, he says 15 to 20 years is how long this will take you, 25 tops. He goes, and the Mexican fisherman says, then what? He goes, oh, that's the great thing. Then you'd be able to do, then you'd be able to move to a small coastal fishing area or village where you would be able to sleep late, fish little, uh, fish a little, and play with your kids. I'm sorry, but 25 years later, his kids are not going to be kids anymore. Just saying, little little flaw in the story, end of the story there. Uh, but the reality is, is just because you decide to build a business, just because you decide to grow your business, just because you decide to put a little bit more investment, to wake up a little bit earlier, to work a little bit harder, to grow the profitability and margin, and 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 put all the to be, just because you pursue it doesn't mean that you never get to play with your kids. It does not mean that you never get siesta time with your wife. It doesn't mean that you don't get to stroll into the village and ever sip wine and play guitar with your friends not at all it's it's this is not a you either have this or you have that you can have both it's possible and this my friends is what's been on my mind lately and so i think about the fact that let's let's just assume you know the mexican fisherman he goes out and decides to build the bigger boat now his friend a couple years later has a very profitable 
boat making shop you know where he sells boats and 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 that friend is now financially independent and he's actually hired people to build the boats for him and he manages it and oversees it and guess what he does he spends his time you know 10 15 years later he spends his time sleeping in a little bit later he spends his time having siestas with his wife he he through the whole process of building his boat business um he was able to be there for his kids because he had his own business. He was still his own boss. That's one thing I love is is that being my own business, I, I don't have to get approval of anybody for me to take the day off. That's the most incredible thing. I could be there for anything and everything I want in my kid's life. So he, you know, all of these people. So the boat company, you got the lumber company that's been started. And then you got all of the other people who are impacted, all of the, just down the road, and, and if you if you go through this whole scenario, and let's just say the, the, the Mexican fisherman was inspired to go and go down the 15 to 20 year path, but he decided to go to the 15 to 20 year path and join a mastermind group that kept him focused on doing the right things, kept his priorities in line, helped him uh, make sure that, you know, he wasn't he he was he wasn't learning everything by trial and error, but he was in a mastermind group with other people who had been there, done that, learned a lot of things, and could share with him, help him keep track, keep focused, uh, stay on top of your habits and priorities and routines that are you say are important, so that you're not missing all the time with your kids and you're never having time with your wife throughout the day. I mean, you have some margin in your life because you're being reminded to work on a consistent basis on the right things and stay focused on your right priorities. But let's just assume that he decided to build the bigger business to to do all of these things. But he chose, and by the way, there's nothing to say that he ever had to move to, to Mexico City, then move to LA, and then move to uh, New York City, and then eventually move back to his fishing village. I mean, come on. We, even Timothy Ferris should have known this 10 years ago. The reality is, is that he was promoting an entire um, independent location-independent lifestyle book, uh, and the reality is, is that you could actually do all of those things without you having to to actually move out of your small coastal village as long as you have an internet connection right anyway i again i started this episode with the message of i'm living dangerously here in the fact that anything and every word that i've shared with you here i have no outline for but this is this is what i i was thinking of i was thinking about what if the mexican fisherman his name is george bailey and he's the one who spent the 15 to 20 years building up his his yellowfin tuna fish business and cannery and distribution center. And as a result of that, 15 to 20 years, 25 years tops before he sold it and for millions and millions and millions of dollars, which he could then you know, invest in so many other different ways throughout life and in his culture and his community and and all sorts of other things, but uh, what what if what if that Mexican fisherman was George Bailey, and and then at the end of the twenty five years he's like, dude, I what have I done my entire life? And to th- think about that Mexican fisherman if he pursued the business path, how many hundreds of people would he have positively impacted? How many people would have had additional paychecks that never would have existed had he not decided to buy the bigger boat? Had his friend then not decided 
to build a, a, a boat company, uh, boat. And then his other friend decided not to build a lumber company and so on and so forth all the way down the line. And I just want to say all of that to say that, you know what? Uh, there are some folks out there who would read this story of the Mexican fisherman, the Brazilian. Let me, let me read to you the Brazilian version. Can I read that to you? Let me read. Cause it, it, <laughs> I was, I was looking up the different versions of this story and, uh, this other one just made it sound even more like, Oh, you want to stay away from building the business. So here's, here's the Brazilian one. It says, There was once a businessman who was sitting by a beach in a small Brazilian village. As he sat, he saw a Brazilian fisherman rowing a small boat towards the shore, having caught quite a few big fish. The businessman was impressed and asked the fisherman, How long does it take you to catch so many fish? The fisherman replied, Oh, just a short while. Then why don't you stay longer at sea and catch even more? The businessman was astonished. This is enough to feed my whole family, the fisherman said. The businessman then asked, so what do you do for the rest of your day? The fisherman replied, well, I usually wake up early in the morning, go out to the sea and catch a few fish, then go back and play with my kids in the afternoon. I take a nap with my wife, and when the evening comes, I join my buddies in the village for a drink. We play guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The businessman offered a suggestion to the fisherman. I'm a PhD in business management. I could help you become a more successful person. From now on, you should spend more time at sea and try to catch as many fish as possible. When you have saved enough money, you could buy a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Soon you will be able to afford to buy more boats, set up your own company, your own protection plant, and canned food and distribution network. By then, you will have moved out of this village to Sao Paulo, where you can set up headquarters to manage your other branches. The fisherman continues, and after that, the businessman laughs heartily. After that, you can live like a king in your own house. When the time is right, you can go public and float your shares in the stock exchange, and you will be rich. And the fisherman asks, after that? The businessman says, after that, you can finally retire and you can move to a house by the fishing village, wake up early in the morning, catch a few fish, then return home and play with the kids, have a nice afternoon nap with your wife, and when evening comes, you can join your buddies for a drink, play the guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The fisherman was puzzled. Isn't that what I'm doing now? And again, so the the whole story here is, well, not exactly. Because things aren't the same at the beginning of the story as they are at the end of the story. See, even in the Brazilian version of this, the Brazilian fisherman still at the beginning, there is no talk and there's no assumption that this guy is financially taken care of. That is, I mean, sure, his whole family is fed with fish, but I'm pretty sure that, and I don't know about your guys' circumstances, but I'm responsible for the the needs and and care and and provision for my wife and and my three kids. And I can tell you, at least in my situation, my family wants more than just food out of life. I mean, that there are there are other needs outside of food. And so, I mean, even if I was just to bring home. F- enough food for everybody to eat it's like well that's it i want to well but we need more we need this we need that for us to live for us to survive so for us to be able to go to the doctor and get 
a scene for these different things for food for clothing all of these well take a couple of fish and, sh- and exchange it I, i'm not gonna say that it's like what do you guys want from me i want to sleep in i want to play with you guys i want to take naps with you and i want to go in town and hang out with my friends what else do you want from me well i'm sure that the family wants more than just food on the table there are other needs and those needs can best be met by having financial margin and oftentimes the greatest way to receive financial margin in your life is by creating and pursuing the growth of a business. And so that, again, I I believe those stories are being told to say that every, you know, it's like, wait, why, why go all of that route to, and all that risk and all that work to create a business when I could just live the simple life now? And and I just got to say that that the simple life, you know, this minimalist life that I see a lot of people living, um, some of the people that I see pursuing this life, they they're they're stuck in an old mindset of scarcity, and and I see a lot of people that pursue you know the the avoidance of profitable business pursuits. Um, for the sake of saying, you know what, it, why, why would I do that when I could just do this? I, I see a lot of those people struggling financially. I see a lot of those people, you know, who are massively in debt and can't seem to find a way out. And, and yeah, I, I I'm just seeing, I, I'm seeing a lot of things in a different light and it, it's just interesting to me how much of a, of a different mindset that I had, I guess, after watching it's a wonderful life, and then reflecting. I don't know how this came back to my mind. This story of the Mexican and and I guess the Brazilian fisherman. But yeah, that that's what I wanted to share with you today. I, if you ever come across that story, if you've ever come across it in the past, uh, then then maybe you you once thought like I did. It's like yeah, that that's the life I want. And and by the way, it's the life you can have. And it doesn't always take. By the way, it didn't take me uh, fifteen to twenty years, twenty five tops. Get this. I did it in 10 years. I'm able to sleep in late. I'm able to play with my kids whenever I want, take days off whenever I want. I'm, I'm, I've got the ability. If I want to, I literally can work a four-hour work week at this point. And it didn't take me 15 to 20 years. And guess what? My kids are still kids, which is incredibly awesome. But, but I just wanted to share that. That I... Take it for what it is. I don't know what any of that says to you, but for whatever reason, I felt in my heart over the last couple of days, I could not get this story out of my head and my thoughts on minimalism and avoiding the risk of building a business so that you could just live the same, you know, if your ultimate goal is to get to the place where it's not the same. Think about, it's not just providing financially for your own wealth but just think about all the wealth that you growing your business will bring to other people, which will improve their lives, adding more financial margin to their lives. Grow your businesses. Grow your businesses. Pursue your businesses. It's a worthy pursuit. It's worth your time. Money can be beneficial to everyone if you allow it to flow through you. Hey, real quickly before I say my final words here, I want to let you know that I am doing a webinar 
this coming Monday, January 22nd. Now, if you're hearing this afterwards, you've missed it, but uh, for those of you who are right on the ball listening to these episodes right after I publish them, I want to let you know you can go over to podcastanswerman.com slash webinar, podcastanswerman.com slash webinar. The webinar is called How to Be in a Mastermind Group with Me. So if you're ready to take your business efforts to a whole new level to achieve your goals much faster than you ever dreamed possible, if you want to be in a mastermind group, not only with me, but with a group of people that I've hand-selected to invest my time, effort, and energy into on a weekly basis, then I encourage you to go to podcastanswerman.com slash webinar. On that webinar, I will be talking about what the Next Level Mastermind is, how it can be beneficial to you in the growth of your business, specifically for those of you who are wanting to build and grow your business as a coach, consultant, or thought leader. If you would like to know more about the Next Level Mastermind, if you have questions about the Next Level Mastermind, it is about to be completely full. We have 10 members already in the Next Level Mastermind, only a few more spots available. I already sent out the email to promote this webinar and it's very clear and straightforward. It says, listen, sign up for this if you are considering the Next Level Mastermind and you want some more details and your questions answered about it. And there are, there's only a few spots available in the mastermind and there are 26 people who have already registered within the first hour of me sending out the email. So if you're interested in learning more, you want to be in a mastermind group relationship with me throughout the rest of this year and beyond, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash webinar. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take the bold risk Go out and build and grow a business. Still play with your kids. Take some time to siesta with your wife in the middle of the afternoon. You can do it. You own your own business for goodness sake. You make your own schedule. Put in the work. Build financial margin in your life. And also make sure that you never lose sight of the fact that by you building wealth and growth in your own business is going to build wealth and growth and financial margin and have profound positive impact in the lives of so many other people whenever you are buying and and exchanging goods and services and everything else. It's an incredible life, my friends, and I want to invite you to take it to the next level.